Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your presence, Lord God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, God, that you're in control. We thank you, Jesus, that you are Lord of all. We trust you. We love you. We listen to you this morning, Lord God. Teach us your ways. Father, thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hello, everyone. Hope you are well. Hope you are having a good time. Hope you're getting lots done, getting all that extra gardening done, going through the old files, cleaning that drawer that you never get to. (laughs) Hopefully you're getting it all done. Got to find the good in this situation, don't we? Praise the Lord. So I am so excited about this series on heaven. I love hearing about heaven. Ah. I love it. I'm so grateful, so grateful that Jesus made a way for us, that Jesus has just opened up the way to heaven and we can go to heaven and we can look forward to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for making it so easy, really. He did all the hard work. All we have to do is accept Jesus into our heart, as Sherilyn was saying. Thank you to Sherilyn for that great word. It's not hard at all. So very excited to hear about heaven. So thankful. And today we're going to look at a slightly different angle. What happens when we die? Okay, so we're just going to go through some of the wonderful things that happen when we die. So the first thing that happens when we die is that our spirit leaves our body. Death is not, we don't cease to exist when we die. We just change our existence. And the very first thing that happens is that our spirit leaves our body. And the instant our spirit leaves our body, we're dead. Our body will not function without our spirit. It just, it's, it's done. No matter whether you're sick or not, no matter what has happened, no matter what caused you to die, once your spirit leaves, you're dead. Unless your spirit comes back again. And that does happen occasionally, as we know. But the Bible describes this in different ways. It describes it as sleep because it's, it's as if we're quiet, we're sleeping, waiting to go to heaven. It describes it as putting off this tent, putting off this, you know, just taking off this old thing, getting rid of that, <clears throat> being gathered to one's people. I love that expression of death. That's beautiful, isn't it, to, to come home, come home to my people. I love that one. Giving up the ghost, giving up our spirit, returning to the dust because our, our body is made of physical material that will, that will turn back into dust when it decays. And all these kind of sayings are used in the Bible to describe that death. So when we die, <clears throat> our spirits leave and our bodies go back to the earth and you might be cremated, you might be... Uh, buried, but either way, we will turn back into dust, these, these bodies. And, you know, hopefully, 
you have a nice funeral. <laughs> Hopefully some people say some nice things about you and a few people turn up and maybe they feel a bit sad that they won't see you. So, you know, we, um, there's, there's all that, of course. I'm not going to go into that. But you know what? We won't mind because we'll be gone. So always remember that if you're planning your funeral, it's not, it's not for you. It's for the people left behind. They're the ones who are dealing with your departure. But as far as we're concerned, we are gone. We're good. We're, we're, we're happy. We're, I don't even know if we get to look back at it, maybe. I don't know what happens in that department, whether, you, whether God ever gives us a glimpse of what's going on on earth. I don't know if we'd really want to. So that's what happens. Our spirit leaves our body behind and our body turns back to dust. Now, I want to just get this out of the way. Where does our spirit go? I want to get this first bit out of the way because it's a, a, an uncomfortable truth that if we do not know Jesus, if we're not following him, if we've not asked him into our heart and accepted his death for us, if we're not saved, then our spirit will actually go to hell. Now, I know we're talking about heaven and I really want to get back to heaven, but I think it's important to remember that the reason, part of the reason that we're, we rejoice in our salvation is that we're saved from something. We're saved from wrath. We are saved from hell. We are saved from eternal punishment. And I really, really don't want anybody that I know or anyone that's listening to this video to go to hell. It's a place of suffering, of remorse, of vile companionship, of hopelessness. Jesus spoke about hell. Mark 9.43, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into fire that will never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now, obviously, Jesus is not talking about actually cutting your hand off, but he is talking about radically dealing with sin and rebellion and pride in our life. We need to deal with that. We need to cry out to Jesus to save us and rescue us from the sin in our life, and he will. He also spoke about then goats, goats being people who refuse to believe in Jesus, people who are stubborn as opposed to sheep who are meek and who go, I need you, Jesus. I need, I need your salvation. Goats are stubborn. It says, then the goats will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Matthew 25, 46. There's a lot of verses in the Bible about hell. We don't want to go to hell. And sometimes when people who do not believe in God die, they have truly terrible deaths. And um, I read about a few of these. Voltaire, who famously was an atheist in 1778, died a terrible death and his nurse reported it. And she said this, For all the money in Europe, I wouldn't want to see another unbeliever die. All night long, he cried for forgiveness. Let's hope maybe at the end he found it. I don't know. But she said it was a horrible experience. Of course, a lot of people die and they're just, these days, you know, they're in, under um, anaesthesia or some kind of drug. They, they don't say anything. But sometimes people are aware. The atheist David Hume cried out this, I am in flames 
as he died. And those with him said his desperation was a horrible scene. I personally spoke to a friend who was present when her stepfather died and she said it was completely traumatic. He was screaming in terror at creatures that he was seeing and crying out to them and he was crying out for his mummy. He was a, an older man. She said it was tra- traumatising and she was with her sister who, was at, who actually needed to go into counselling. She said it was just horrible. And they had tried to witness to him and tell him about Jesus but he had always refused stubbornly and rebelliously. So hell is real and we need to be very, very sure that we're not going to hell, okay? And Byron is going to preach next week about our assurance of salvation. And in John it says this, 1 John 5.13, These things I have written to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. We need to know that is not my destiny. And again in Thessalonians, Paul says this, God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. God did not appoint us to wrath. God does not want anyone to go to hell. That is not designed for people. And that is why we preach. That is why Jesus died on the cross. That is why we are continually telling people they need to be saved. A lot of people think, I don't need to be saved. I'm happy with my life. I was saved from what? My life's pretty good. I mean, I might like to stop smoking or I might like to do this. They're they're very casual about the concept of salvation. But when you think about your eternal destiny, then you need to be saved. And I am excited that you are listening to me today because that means that you either agree with me and you know, as I do, that my destiny is in heaven or you're curious about the things of God. So let me encourage you to make sure that your eternal destiny is heaven and ask Jesus into your heart because we do not want anybody that we know to go to hell. So let's move on to heaven. (laughs) If you are saved, on the other hand, when we die, our spirit does not go to hell, it goes to heaven. And for those of us who die as Christians, the Bible says this, Psalm 116, 15, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The death of a believer is precious, precious. It's a precious time. It's a final time. For us to say goodbye to our families, it's a final time for us to bring further glory to God, whether, you know, occasionally we hear about the martyrs. If you've read the good old Fox's Book of Martyrs, we read some of those amazing stories of men and women who, who bravely died rather than denounced Jesus and had glorious deaths very often. You know, sometimes the manner of, the, the manner of our death is in God's hands. So we don't, we don't know how we're going to die, hopefully It'll be easy (laughs) to just cross over that bridge. But it's in God's hands and it can bring him great glory. And it does not, absolutely does not have to be from sickness and accident. Sometimes it is, but it doesn't have to be. And I have read some wonderful stories about saints, men and women of God who died. And I wanted just to share a couple of those with you. David Duplessis describes, who is a, a famous Pentecostal preacher, describes the death of his father, who, said, who he said was a meticulous man. And one day he said to my brother, 
when you write to David, tell him to come before Ascension Day. Now, we don't tend to celebrate Ascension Day anymore, although this year it was on 13th of May. It's like Easter Sunday. It's, it's a day that we celebrate when Jesus rose finally from earth to heaven after he'd been with the disciples. So this guy thought it would be nice to die on the same day as Jesus went up to heaven. He thought, oh, I'm going to go up to heaven the same day. So he said, tell David I'm going to go home on Ascension Day. And, um, and Justice, the, the guy's brother, said, you can't, you can't do that, Dad. He said, well, I, I don't say I'm doing it. I only discussed it with my heavenly Father. And if he approves, that is my desire. I'm going to prepare for that day. Um, Justice thought his dad was getting senile, so he never wrote to the brother about it. But on Ascension Day, late, a few months later, he was, um, he was at home. The dad was at home and he was visited by uh, the pastor of his church. And he said, you know, it's Ascension Day. I've asked the Lord if I can go home today. The pastor thought he was joking. And he just said, well, in that case, can you go and get me the communion wine? Because this guy used to grow grapes and he provided him with the communion wine. So he says, Dad went to the house, fetched the wine and gave it to the pastor. Then Dad said, I, look, you go and, and get the other boxes. I, I won't go into the garage with you. It's, I, I feel a little tired. I'm going to sit down. So as the pastor walked away and, he, and David says his dad sat down, the pastor heard a strange little hallelujah, looked around and he saw Dad, who he, the pastor called Granddad, Grand, Grandpa, slumped in the chair. He rushed over and found him unconscious. Just then my mum walked out of the house, peaceful and serene. The pastor cried out, Grandma, grand, Grandpa's fainted. Mum smiled and said, no, he's gone home. She, he said, Grandma, you take it so easy. She said, oh, it's all right, I expected it. He said... Goodbye to me this morning. He said the Lord might call him home and he wanted to say goodbye. <laughs> How beautiful is that? He just decided he wanted to go and the Lord blessed him with that. F.F. F. Bosworth had the same thing, famous healing evangelist. He had no condition or sickness, but he knew that he was going to die soon. So he told his friends and they all came to visit him and say goodbye. T.L. Osborne was one of them. So it word spread. He says, I'm going to die. He wasn't sick, but he says, it's time. The Lord's told me. And then one day... Around, you know, a couple of weeks later, he said, this is it. He said, this is the greatest day of my life. God has told me I go home to be with him today. Friends and family gathered around as he lay with his eyes open, focused on heaven. He said hello to departed family and friends. He described the glories of heaven to them. And then he passed away. He was 81 years old. He simply slept in the Lord. Several other great testimonies like this of Christians who see heaven opening up and start to describe, ah, and then they go. What a way to go. Jesus has abolished the power of death. Now, I don't say we all have a death quite so glorious. Perhaps we will. But it's nothing to be afraid of because Jesus' death has lost its sting. That's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory and where is your sting? There's no sting in those deaths I've described is there. That is just victory. I love that F.F. Um, F. Bosworth said, this is the greatest day of my life, the day of his death because that was the day of his graduation. That was the day when he finally would go and be, go home and, and get the rewards that were due to him. Praise the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. 
Paul says this, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We don't need to be sad about our brothers and sisters who've gone on to heaven before us. He says, don't be ignorant about these things, which is why we're teaching us. We, you know, we're teaching. We don't want to be ignorant. We want to be very aware and ready for this exciting moment of our lives when we're going to die. Not for a while yet, for, for a lot of us. God also does say somewhere in the Bible that we get three score and ten, which is 70 years or more if you're strong, which most people are these days. But we're not ignorant about these things. We're excited. We, we're, we're blessed that we're going to, to die. We're sure. We get an assurance in our heart that we're going to heaven and we look forward to it because death has lost its sting. Praise the Lord. So we die. We go to heaven. Not hell. And then what happens? A lot, actually. Chris last week described heaven and all the glories of heaven and all the wonderful things that we will get to do in worshipping and creating and just enjoying being with Jesus and being with each other. I mean, I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet everyone. I can't wait to meet family members. I can't wait to meet, you know, my, my grandfather, who is a, a my great-grandfather is a very godly man. I'm looking forward to chatting to Moses and David and, of course, Jesus. It's going to be so awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people to catch up with. That, that'll take, you know, a long time. Not that there's time in heaven, but it's just going to be so good. I can't wait, especially at the moment. Aren't you looking forward to it when we're locked down? It's like, oh, you know, it's like, just earth sometimes, whether you're annoyed with being locked down or just annoyed with all this stuff going on or the sadness of the pandemic or it's a bit heavy sometimes. And I must say, I look forward so much to going home, you know, to being with Jesus and it's just going to be so good. But of course, it's better to be here on earth and serve the Lord and do all that he wants us to do and not, not rush it. Because um, we, have to, we have to love one another on earth and do what Jesus wants us to do. But I'm certainly looking forward to it. All of these issues and problems that we are facing with the pandemic or in life will seem so small and they're so temporary. So once we get to heaven, I just want to run through quickly because this is an enormous topic but I just want to touch on some of the events the exciting events that will be happening that we will be a part of if we're dead or even if we're not we'll still see some of these if we're alive when they happen so the first thing is the rapture so Jesus said this Matthew 24 40 two men will be in a field one will be taken and the other left he's talking about the rapture the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, the Lord will descend from heaven and with a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. So comfort one another with these words. This is comforting. So there's going to come a moment in history when we call it the rapture when Christians will depart from this earth. They will go. And then on earth, it will not be good. Because, partly because all the Christians have left. The salt has gone. The, the, the spirit of God has left all, with all the Christians in some ways. And then it will be the tribulation. 
This will be a terrible time on earth, evil time. The Antichrist will arise and there will be worldwide wars, famines and disasters such as have never been seen before. You can read about this in Revelations. It will be a time of judgment on sinful, prideful humanity who refuse to accept Jesus. Although many believe that at this time there will be a spiritual harvest and that people will get saved. So this is known as the tribulation. This will be about seven years. So if we're on earth, well, if we're saved, we won't be on earth because we'll have gone in the rapture, most likely. Can I just say with all these events, it's a little mysterious in the Word of God. So, you know, every commentator you read says, oh, no, no, the, the rapture's coming halfway through the tribulation or the rapture comes at the end. So we don't know the exact times, but that doesn't matter. I'm just giving you the general, what is generally going to happen. I'm not going to be dogmatic about when or exactly how it looks or how it happens. There's a lot of debate about this kind of prophecy. But however, this is just a general kind of following through. If we're in heaven, we'll be very aware of all these amazing events going on on earth because then at the end of tribulation, Jesus will come back. The Antichrist launches a, a battle against Jerusalem. It's called the Battle of Armageddon. But Jesus will come back at that time. He will defeat the armies of hell and the Antichrist, throw them into the lake of fire and it will be a glorious time of Jesus' second coming to earth. Praise the Lord. So that's the end of the tribulation on earth. Meanwhile, in heaven, at some point, we will have the resurrection of the body. So we are in heaven in our spirit form somehow. I don't quite know exactly. Some people think it happens straight away when we get to heaven. Some people think it comes kind of later. But at some point, the body that I described that turns back to dust, no matter how they get rid of your body, it goes to dust eventually. God will resurrect that body. He will bring every piece of dust together and bring that body up to join us again because actually these bodies are quite precious to God because he, he made this body. And even though it's getting a little older, it's precious to him. So he will resurrect our bodies. It's very exciting. And the body will come back to us and we'll be sort of together again with our body, but it will be a new body. It will be a resurrected body. And we know a little bit of what that will look like because Jesus had a resurrected body when he came to earth. He was, it was a glorious body that was able to translate, just fly, if you like, just appear and disappear. He could walk through walls after he was resurrected. He, he was amazing and they could recognise him, but they didn't. So it was, he was so glorious. They were sort of like, whoa, who are you? Oh, it's Jesus. So we will be recognisable, but... So beautiful, I guess, and so glorious that it'll be very different. So we have the resurrection of the body. We have the believer's judgment to look forward to. So this is a special time, 2 Corinthians 5.10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things that we have done in the body, whether good or bad. Later on, it speaks about the fire will test each one's work in 2 Corinthians 3.15, if anyone's work which he has built endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved as though through fire. So what's that saying? what that's saying is with the believer's judgment, we do not get judged for sin. We are in heaven. We're good. But there are rewards. So some people will get 
I don't know what the rewards are. <laughs> I always think, you know, like a bigger mansion. I don't know. But if you've really laid down your whole life for Jesus and served him in purity of heart, there are rewards for you and there are extra rewards. So we will all be rejoicing, but some people will be receiving more rewards. And honestly, I always think about that. I always think, you know, there's going to be men and women of God who none of us know about who've been pouring out their lives in, the, in some poor village in Africa or some persecuted place in China who they are going to be right up there and we'll go, yeah, good for you. You deserve that. You know, you deserve these, the number one awards because the Bible says the first will be last and the last will be first. Then there's the marriage supper of the Lamb. So we get, the, we get all these beautiful rewards. We have this incredible wedding. Weddings are wonderful. This will be the ultimate wedding where we will celebrate together. We will celebrate this total unity that we have with God. Back on earth, nearly finished, we have the millennium. So having defeated Jesus, the devil, Jesus will reign on earth for a thousand years. So he will finally go, do you ever get really frustrated? Like, why they build that stupid road? Look at that ugly building. Oh, what have they done now? They've ruined this park or they've ruined this forest. Jesus will spend a thousand years making it right. And I suspect that we'll be involved in that, that we'll possibly be able to come down to earth. But there's this thousand year reign on earth. Then there will be another brief war. Satan will probably be released again for a short period and then defeated finally. And this will give a final opportunity for the believers at that time to stand with Jesus. Then there's the final judgment day when all people will be judged permanently. Uh, And that's for not the believer's judgment, but normal people will be judged if they have not accepted Jesus. There will be final punishment. And finally, the last thing that we hear about that is happening is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So even having restored earth and the thousand-year rule, God's decided let's build another one. Let's make it really new and amazing. So God will reset and recreate the heavens and the earth. There will be no ugliness, no pollution, no decay. The earth will be amazing. And in to Peter, he says, in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Isaiah said this, even back then he was looking forward to it. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered. They will not come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in its people. So, wow, (laughs) there's a lot happening, isn't there? People talk about, oh, what are you going to do in heaven? You'll be bored. Oh, no. And they're just the things that we've written, we see written in the Bible. We are, we are so, we have such an amazing future. And I love what it said in Thessalonians, comfort one another with these words. Be excited, be comforted. No matter what is going on here on earth, what an exciting future we have. All of that I have described is going to happen for us. And I am really excited. So let us look forward to this future. Let us be comforted with the difficulties of earth, but determined to live life to the absolute full because we want to be ready for our eternal future. We want to be 
rewarded for serving Jesus. Let us be awake, the Bible says. Let us be ready and let us be excited about our eternal future with Jesus. Praise the Lord. God bless you, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Jesus, Jesus.